Welcome to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet with Ryan Potterack from Potterack Capital Advisory. You have unique values, objectives, fears, life experiences, and biases. Any financial professional who ignores or minimizes the importance of your story may not be able to help you achieve your ideal outcomes or hit your goals. It's time to experience the PCA difference. In this podcast, we help business executives, soon to be retirees, and solutions-based individuals overcome the anxiety leading up to their upcoming years. We do this by initiating in-depth discussions about the financial aspects of retirement, like tax planning and asset allocation, alongside, and often overlooked, personal and lifestyle aspects. Join us for this journey where we explore retirement from a contrarian point of view, as Ryan draws from years of experience and qualified guest professionals to help you explore the true purpose of your money in retirement and the impact you want to make in your golden years. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Potterack Capital Advisory are separate entities. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor regarding your specific situation. Save, save, save. Stash as much as you can in those 401k retirement accounts. Oh, wait, that may not be the best option. Whoa, really? Ryan Poderak, tell me this is not true. This goes against <laughs> everything we've been told. I'm Patrice Sakora. I'm looking for some answers. Please tell me there are benefits to 401ks. Well, there is, Patrice. And, and how are you? Good I'm to see you again. Well. Uh, I'm you know, the, well. the, here's the thing about all financial decisions, actually most decisions in life is there, there's benefits and limitations to every single one. And, and so there is no one size fits all, but you know, 401ks, I believe 1979, if not 78, you know, came into existence. And so a lot of, a lot of my clients that are in the retirement phase of their life, they always say, well, I wish I would have known about that early. And they, yeah. you know, they certainly encourage their, uh, their their sons and daughters, grandsons and grand- granddaughters, I guess, at this point to participate in it. And yeah, there's definitely benefits and limitations uh, to this. So where do we want to go with this subject, Patrice? Well, let me start with this. When when 401ks came in, yes, I, I was at that point saying, this is a wonderful vehicle. This is great. But getting into them was not easy. Now employers have them. Why should we not get in there and max them out? Uh, well, as far as from the why, why shouldn't somebody do it, even if they have access to the 401k, is the fundamental decision a person makes when they put money into a 401k is they're saying to the government or the IRS, don't tax me on this on this income now, tax me down the line. Well, down the line, uh, first thing to understand for our audience is that if you pull money out of the 401k prior to age 59 and a half, you'll pay taxes on the withdrawn amount and a 10% penalty. There are some exceptions to that 10% penalty. They're very specific and not. I'm not going to go into those details today, but by putting money into the 401k, absent those unique uh, footnotes, so to speak, mm-hmm. is it's very long-term money where you do not have access to it. So it's not money that you would partic- you would typically use to start a business, pay for college education, and th- some of those other objectives that happen between being a young adult, starting to get involved in 401ks, 
and retirement. So that would be a reason not to. Now for companies that offer a match, you know, maybe on the first 3% that the participant contributes, the company matches dollar for dollar, another 3%. Uh, it, it'd be very rare to, to have a case against that. Taking the match is free money. Right. Right. Now there's there can be certain vesting periods that may not fit. I mean, for somebody who might be in a position to contribute, get a match, but they know that they're going to be leaving that position in the next whatever, six months, year and a half, uh, where the match would in effect be clawed back. But typically, without making things complicated, Patrice, is contributing up to the point that is matched by the company itself is a good idea. But going back to understanding what what the fundamental decision, this is not at all an investment decision. Mm -hmm. It's a tax decision. So knowing what tax bracket that you're in is is relevant and and also looking at your overall financial situation. Now, this can't be predicted with certainty, but what is the likelihood that you'll be in a higher or lower tax bracket in the future? So we might ask we might ask a participant or a client kind of what their feelings are about taxes. Do they think they will go up or down in the future? Most everybody answers up, which may or may not be true. But you and I were just chatting offline about, you know, at the end of 2025, those tax cuts mm-hmm. sunset unless Congress and, and a president agree to make them permanent. In the absence of that, the tax brackets are going up for every American taxpayer. Right. But the uh, one analogy that I've used, it might resonate with some of our audience is, you know, imagine that I posed an investment opportunity for you, Patrice. Um, you know, you can you can make contributions to this investment. And if it's successful in the future, I'll decide how much your share is and how much I get to keep for myself. But you're going to put up all the money. But in the end, and that's kind of what a 401k is, you contribute your money. Hopefully the investments are successful, but the more financially successful the 401k participant is, the higher the taxes will be on the withdrawals because you'll be in a higher tax bracket. Correct. Correct. So it it is, uh, I think the biggest virtue of a 401k is discipline. Regardless of 401k or any investment vehicle or plan, the most controllable path to wealth is having the discipline to pay yourself first and sock money away. And if a if a person gets set up with payroll deduction on a 401k, I think that's the biggest virtue because it that's money that's taken out before the participant gets the money in their paycheck or direct deposit. Because then, you know, there's lots of ways to spend money these days. So that's what I've found is the is the limitations on liquidity and, and really some of the restrictions of the plan, the 10% penalty and taxes on balance in the big picture, I think are a are a virtue. But for each individual client, like if I have a client that has discipline anyway, then some of those things I just cited uh, would be reasons why you wouldn't want to do a 401k. You put your money into a 401k, how do you choose your investments? Well, first off, there's well, people are typically left to, the, to themselves because there's some liability. The company itself establishes the plan. They also choose 
what investment options are available inside their 401k. That's mm -hmm. definitely not one size fits all in the industry. So a 401k of any kind is a, in, from my point of view, as an independent financial professional, it is a limited menu of investment options versus the universe that we would have uh, access to, to customize things for, for a client that we would serve. So it's a limited menu. And then the company, after providing these options, they don't want to be in the investment advice business because that then is liability. So typically there, there is no help for the individual 401k participant. Some companies have uh, contracted or reached an agreement with an advisor or a firm that will provide advice for a fee. But in the vast majority of cases, whether you're a, you're a welder or a physician or whatever you do for a living and the company has a 401k, you're pretty much on your own in terms of investment selection. And from what I have seen, not only are you limited in what you can get, they're pretty much the same thing. They're pretty much the timeline funds. Yes, those have been um, pretty popular over the last 10 to 15 years because they're kind of uh, set it and forget it so to speak, um, or kind of a mutual fund for dummies. And, and what, what you're describing is, you know, so let's say that there's a 40 year old in the audience, uh, just thinking that they'll retire, uh, in 20 years, uh, at 60 years of age. So they might have a fund like a lifetime fund that is based on, you know, what would it be? 2045 would be the club. They do it every five years. So 2045 fund, would be when this particular person is 62 years of age. And what happens automatically inside the fund is the closer that particular fund gets to that year, 2045 in my example, the less and less stock holdings and more and more bond. In other words, it automatically gets more conservative as opposed to not using lifetime funds. Client goes in there, makes their investments based on being age 40. So they might have it rather aggressive but then they just get busy with life. They raise kids, the kids leave the house, they come back to the house, they go, you know, a lot of things go on. And so the industry and 401k companies came up with these plans in some ways to protect the participant from themselves. Now they didn't take away choice because those are typically on the menu with other individual funds. And when I say funds, I should be specific in, in almost every case that I've seen they're mutual funds to, to make that distinction from exchange traded funds. I've not seen a plan where a participant, even if they wanted to, could buy individual stocks uh, or individual bonds or even a certificate of deposit. So it's typically mutual funds are the uh, financial product that you see throughout. All mutual funds have internal fees and expenses. That was not necessarily good question. or bad. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just something to be aware of because- those internal fees and expenses are almost unanimously not transparent in some 401k funds or 401k plans. The way the financial professional that put the 401k in place might be compensated is on the higher than average internal fees and expenses within the mutual funds. That's not the case in all, but in, in, in you know, it's not uncommon either. And so that's where the client, the participant may be paying 
substantial fees and expenses, but because they're not transparent, you don't see a minus on your statement paying, you know, Jane Doe, advisor of record. Um, that's what I see also with 401k plans out there. There's lack of transparency is in, in the holdings, the actual holdings. And I would suggest that most people don't even look at their 401k statement on a regular basis. All they'll do is go in online and say, oh, look at it, it's still growing. Okay. Oh, look at it shrunk a bit. Then And then just go on. They don't look into what they've got. I would agree with that. And, uh, you know, it, when things are going well, they probably look more often. You you also have the the behavioral finance issues, uh, Patrice. Of you have some people that because you can just go online and check, and then they and and they do often. But that also is probably a mindset that's very reactionary to what's going on in the world and the headlines. And and boy, that can really mess with somebody's mind in terms of trying to predict the market, time the market. Frankly, I think up front, uh, ideally, if a client really allocates their 401k and this would this would pertain to any accounts inside outside the 401k but that's in sync with their objectives and their comfort level with risk for the most part it, it they should leave it alone maybe a couple times a year you know review that with somebody they trust uh so there's there's a there's a balance i would agree with what you say people very rarely look at what they have mm-hmm. but there's an element that that can be to their benefit because if they pay too much attention mm-hmm. to it they might start uh, making decisions that are impulsive. Yeah, they might start fiddling with it. Yeah, yeah, generally not a good idea. You mentioned taxes before. Is there the chance to diversify within a 401k? There can be. Uh, the, uh, what we've seen in the last decade is is that some companies have both a traditional 401k where you're making pre-tax contributions but as I mentioned, probably roughly around 10 years ago, some plans out there have added a Roth 401k. And this is where similar to a Roth IRA, the contributions, even when made through payroll, are post-tax contributing to the Roth. And then all of the growth in the Roth 401k is income tax-free. Ultimately, when they retire, they'd they'd roll over the portion that is the Roth 401k to a Roth IRA. It continues to be tax-free, can withdraw tax-free, inherited tax-free. So for those of you that have a 401k plan that allows for both, that's tremendous flexibility um, over time to have a couple of different buckets of money as you approach retirement. So you can choose when you start distributing money do I want to take money out of the taxable bucket or tax-free bucket? I would also add that even if you were contributing 100% of your money to the Roth 401k, if you're getting a company match, the match is always going to be in the pre-tax 401k side because the company wants the tax deduction for the match. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know that's how that works. But yeah, and, and there are some high-income earners out there that in single or couples that make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA, that they can't be disqualified from contributing to a Roth 401k. So that can be an opportunity for high income earners to get some money in the Roth tax-free game when they're ineligible to make Roth IRA contributions. When and how about age? When it comes to putting money into a 401k, should your age 
impact how much you decide to put in percentage wise? Well, I think a few thoughts, Patrice, that come to mind is on the younger end, like you and I, of no, course. Uh, you know, maybe 25 to 35. I just, I, I just would, they should consider the fact what their objectives are and, and that the contributions will not be accessible. I think that's the biggest issue right. on the, on the early side. Uh, but generally throughout the life cycle, I would be in favor of, you know, save money till it hurts, just bigger picture. However, if you're approaching retirement, let's say you were five years out, you're a high income earner, or at least you're at the point where highest income in your life. And it's very easy to predict, Hey, when you retire in five years, you're going to be at a lower tax bracket. That can be a reason to stuff that pre-tax 401k mm. with as much money as you're, as you're able to, because there are limitations. And, and at the same time, when you're saving, of course, you don't want to take away from your lifestyle. So that's always a balance. Uh, but I'm always looking at the relative tax rates, whether it's as you get close to retirement, what is the comparison with current tax rate versus very likely tax rate in retirement, but also whether it should go to the pre-tax or the post-tax Roth 401k if they have that option. You've touched on a lot of things here, Ryan. Is there something we haven't mentioned, though, that you want to bring up? Yes. One, so as you get closer to retirement, and I mentioned a few times the 59 and a half rule, where if you withdraw money from a 401k prior to reaching age 59 and a half, there's a, there's a penalty. However, th there's one distinction between a 401k and IRAs, IRAs having the same 59 and a half penalty and taxation situation is if you were to retire at 55 with a 401k, you actually then can withdraw from that 401k without pre 59 and a half penalties. It's, it's a significant distinction. If I have somebody who is retiring on what most of us would probably consider the early end. Mm -hmm. So if you're 55 and you have all of your money in a 401k as an example, or predominantly, and you were going to want income from those savings right away, well, if you roll over your 401k to a traditional IRA or you're advised to by your advisor, and then you're thinking, well, then I'm going to take income. Well, it changes the rules as soon as it hits the traditional IRA. Now you have the 59 and a half penalty. So there could be times where I'll stick with this story. Let's just say the 55-year-old has a million dollars in the 401k. They like the virtue of having more choice and to customize those investments as they approach a different phase of life, income versus growth, mm -hmm. I might talk to that 55-year-old is, hey, let's let's roll over six or $700,000 of your 401k to a traditional IRA, customize that chunk of money based on how your objectives are changing going forward, but let's leave three or 400,000 in the 401k because you can access between 50, 55 and 59 and a half without a 10% penalty. And I've seen that mistake made before, uh, but that's that is a, that is a distinction that can be relevant in that age group. That's a very in, important distinction. Is the uh, uh, the would a four hundred one k Roth be in the same? same it would be okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Now, slight distinction on the Roth side. So whether it's a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, let's say the Roth 401k portion is 100 grand. Their contributions were 50,000 and the rest of the 50,000 is growth. Well, with a Roth IRA, or if you took that that $100,000 portion of the Roth 401k and rolled it over to a Roth IRA, you can always take your contributions out prior to 59 and a half without taxes or penalties. And this is often misunderstood. The IRS with a Roth IRA, or in this case, if it was a Roth 401k rolled over, over to a Roth IRA, the IRS deems that the first dollars out are the dollars that were contributed. So you're just taking your own money back out that you already paid taxes on. They don't care because they got their taxes already. Yes, but now their- on the... Yeah. On the growth, if you pull the growth out <laughs> yes. prior to 59 and a half, they're, they're first in line to get their, their <laughs> fair share. Why does that not surprise me? Well, that's good to know, though. You touch what's yours. Don't touch what you have to share over there. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. All right. But all these right. rules, you mentioned it again when we were talking offline. They, the, the tax oh, code yeah. changes all the time. And the tax code is not set up the same for people married, single, different ages, different objectives. And I think we should make it a point to note that 2025, December 31, 2025. If you don't have your ducks in a row by then, things could change dramatically. Yep. There are some opportunities over the next, well, three tax years because 2023, 24, and 25. That's right. All All right, Ryan, how can people reach you to continue this discussion? Well, they can always go to our website, www.potterack.net. That's P-O-T-E-R-A-C-K. Dot net. <laughs> Excuse me. So you can call our office uh, number 704-366-5776. We're out there on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We're not hard to find. And yeah, we'd love to get, get acquainted if that, that suits your schedule. All right, then. This is Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. Follow, subscribe, share with friends and family. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Making It Count, Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet by Ryan Potterack, visit www.potterack.net or give us a call at 704-366-5776. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Potterack Capital Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Potterack Capital Advisory does not offer legal or tax advice. Please consult the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. Nothing contained herein is to be considered a solicitation, research material, an investment recommendation, or advice of any kind. The information contained herein may contain information that is subject to change without notice. Any investments or strategies referenced herein do not take into account the investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific person. Product sustainability must be independently determined for each individual investor. Potterack Capital Advisory explicitly disclaims any responsibility for product suitability or suitability determinations related to individual investors. 